Just a minute. I'm coming. FBI, open up! Just a minute. Hello, everybody. This is Legal Man. Welcome to the show. It's going to be a good episode. I'm going to start the Sander Spooner's trial by jury today. And I'm not going to get that far into it because I have a few things I want to say ahead of time. But I want to give people an idea of what this essay is about and what's coming up and to start a little of it. And for people who don't know me, I'm a lawyer. I've practiced for more than 30 years. And I'm America's most trusted and beloved lawyer because I tell them the truth about the system. And it's not pretty. And so I get a lot of grief because I'm fully cyanide-pilled. And that's just kind of the way it is. But I'm also a self-certified master practitioner. I gave myself that award almost 20 years ago when I figured out what a fucking total scam the system is. And I recently gave myself a Lifetime Achievement Award for my podcast, and I'm pretty proud of that. So, (laughs) all right, enough uh, fooling around. The show runs over because all these episodes where I do Spooner run over, it's actually about twice as long as a regular episode. So let's go ahead and get it going. So I'm going to start Spooner's No Treason today. I decided I'm going to do that one before I do Vices Are Not Crimes. One, because I'm going to cover probably most of the material, Vices Are Not Crimes, by doing this because I've been rereading the essay. And just in the commentary, I think it's going to be covered. But if it's not, then I will do Vices Are Not Crimes because for the most part, they don't really try to pass a bunch of made-up regulations and uh, fake laws. Now, to do Vices, when he was writing 150 years ago, well, the legislatures were way smaller as far as what was on the books, and there weren't all these regulatory agencies everywhere, both state and federal. And most of those things are not really vices. They're all just these made-up regulatory items that they dream up, like that one I talked about the other day for the $30,000 fine for drinking your own booze on a plane. Just, Just idiotic stuff. And I've decided I'd, I need to do this one because we're just getting so out of hand the framework that people have to analyze whether or not we're free or not is so screwed up and distorted at this point and it's 100% the result of these fake ass constitutional conservatives who pretend in media and government to be for limited government and freedom and all this crap and then proceed to put everybody into this Overton window false narrative that totally and completely distorts what freedom actually is. And it's my intention with my show to try to get people to see that as long as you continue to argue in the box they put everybody in, which constitutional conservatives put everybody in for so-called freedom, you're going to lose. You're always going to lose because once you're down this road where the government decides and you wait for some star chamber group of non-government jokers that sit for life and are unelected and, and to interpret the Constitution and all this other horse shit that they purport to be able to do and that then we must obey with government goons with guns running around enforcing it all, telling you to tell it to the kangaroo courts, as long as you're inside that system, you've lost. And this Ukraine thing has just, wow, it's really brought it into such sharp focus because as long as people are arguing about things like we're the good guy, see, that's the the basic argument is that we're the good guy in the world and that there's this bad guy and that's everybody who we're against. And then once you're in that framework, then you can argue with the Democrats if you're a so-called constitutional conservative about whether or not they're considering us to be a good enough good guy. 
and why they're hurting us, the good guy who wants to do the good. And everybody else is the bad guy who stands against us. And this Ukraine thing is just preposterous. I posted this simple tweet about the fact that there's 44 million people in the Ukraine and they have cell phones. It's a perfectly modern country. And yet, where are all the videos showing these so-called atrocities and all this slaughter and death and all this other made-up shit that they're putting out? Where is it? There isn't any. There's nothing. They've been caught over and over posting these fake videos from either way earlier or not even the location. Just everything is fake in the media. And if all this stuff was actually going on, you'd see countless videos. Imagine if they invaded some major city in the United States and there was a war going on there, so-called. Think how much video would be gushing out from phones. <laughs> this is absurd, but there's nothing. See, there's nothing. What people send me as proof was hilarious. The bots came out in force, and they had two both contradictory, absurd positions they took. One was that the people were either too busy fighting or hiding in basements uh, to shoot footage, even though this whole thing is about trying to garner international support. One of the most important things you could ever do would be to get video of atrocities out there, turn the tide. That'd be one of the most important things you can do. Propaganda is how you win these wars. So if you've got the truth on your side, you'd be gushing it out there. So that one's not true. That one's a complete load of shit. The other one that they brought out, which completely contradicted that, was that there is, in fact, all this video. Well, whenever I'd ask for it, they wouldn't send me anything. Or they, they would just basically vaguely, oh, go to Telegram, you'll find the truth. <laughs> just some stupid shit like that. And then the few people who did post would post these things that go right to the heart of what I've said over and over, which is that the average person has no idea what evidence is, if the people sending it to me even believe it. But basically just some long-range shot of some thing where there's a city, which maybe is from that part of the world, maybe it's not, with some dubbed-in audio, who knows what they're saying. Uh, even if they are saying, who knows if the th stuff was original, and you can't see anything except for like a, an explosion of people going, oh, ooh, there's an explosion off way in the distance. Well, what is that? Could be anything. We don't know who set that off. Oh, that's Russian atrocities. How do we know? The fucking CIA could be sending that shit in there. We don't know what's going on. That picture doesn't prove anything. It doesn't prove anything. Then they show me another picture of like a, a still picture of a child and some surgeon working on him. It's like, dude, have you never figured out what actual evidence is? And the reason people's minds are so confused and, and just befuddled by the most basic thing like that is because they're totally brainwashed. And the people who actually believe this kind of stupid narrative about the Ukraine that the U.S. government's putting out, they're people who are just trapped inside the maze, this constitutional conservative nonsense. And I've heard a little bit of the talk radio going back and forth, either to my office or the ice skating rink here in the last few days. And it's just the most ridiculous sort of black versus white fairy tale, good versus bad nonsense, where, of course, the Democrats are always idiots. They're idiots. Their policies are stupid. It's never, it's never the Washington generals and the globetrotters. No, no, no. These are actually people who are fighting. And they love to call the Democrats fools, but what constitutional conservatives can never point out is if these Democrat politicians are so dumb and so stupid, as they're always saying, how come they're winning so easily? How come? <laughs> They've been winning my entire life. The thing moves in one direction, more and more and more liberal fucking control. So if they're so stupid, 
That doesn't make any sense with them being so stupid, right? Stupid ones are the ones who are losing all the time, pushing the same old garbage. And all of this, again, fundamental misunderstandings, confusions, intentional distractions that are put in by constitutional conservatives and media who make multi-million dollars uh, pushing garbage night and day, night and day, night and day, eating up the bandwidth of everybody we actually need for real freedom. And so that's why... I'm going to start today on Lestander Spooner's essay, Trial by Jury, which is not nearly as well known as his No Treason, but I think is probably just as important, maybe more important, though more difficult. I would agree it's more difficult, and it's going to be a little more complicated for me to do. I am going to read most of it. I'm going to omit some of it, and I'll probably tell you when I've omitted some stuff, and I think this is easier to follow along with with the numbering, even though it's still a little bit weird. And I will keep people generally apprised of where I am so they can kind of look at it themselves. But I would strongly suggest people read the essay. It's a critical essay to have. It's so much more important than most of the stupid garbage people read. If all you did was read No Treason and Trial by Jury and His Natural Law, the three that I will have done so far you'd be way ahead of the game. You'd know so much more. So I'm going to read it now. I'm going to start, and I'll be commenting. And I start with a note to the publication because I think it's helpful. It kind of sets it up nicely. So here it is, the note in the beginning, the front, written by Spooner himself with regards to this publication. This volume, it is presumed by the author, gives what will generally be considered satisfactory evidence, though not all the evidence, of what the common law trial by jury really is. In a future volume, if it should be called for, it is designed to corroborate the grounds taken in this, give a concise view of the English Constitution, show the unconstitutional character of the existing government in England and the unconstitutional means by which the trial by jury has been broken down in practice, prove that neither in England nor in the United States have legislatures ever been invested by the people with any authority to impair the powers, change the oaths, or with few exceptions, abridge the jurisdiction of juries or select jurors on any other than common law principles, and consequently that in both countries, legislation is still constitutionally subordinate to the discretion and consciences of common law juries in all cases, both civil and criminal, in which juries sit. The same volume will probably also discuss several political and legal questions which will naturally assume importance if the trial by jury should be re-established. That's typical Spooner. I think that's only two sentences. (laughs) Uh, But the point is that a trial by jury is actually the way the people keep the government in check. And people have no idea about that because they've been so fantastically brainwashed for so long, mostly by, like I said, these constitutional conservatives. Of course, liberals want to push for more government, bigger government, more government control, less control by the people. Of course they do. But we know that. They're wearing the uniform of the other side. Our team, so-called constitutional conservatives, are spies. They wear our uniform, but they are, in fact, undermining our cause. See, that's the problem with them. They don't help when it comes to freedom. What is the standard issue idea about a trial by jury in this country? 
jury judges the facts and the court tells you the law. Well, that's completely not true. That has totally turned the entire thing on its head. And the idea that the law is given to you by the court, again, turns the idea on its head. See, the, the fundamental concept of a trial by jury is that the people, the citizens, 12 random people who come up, have to be able to be convinced beyond a reasonable doubt that the person is guilty and should be guilty of what should be a crime. All those things have to be in there. And what it's been reduced down to is basically this idea that 12 people sit and answer these weird limited jury questions which are obscurely worded and confusing and the jury is not even supposed to understand the impact of its verdict. That's how absurd it is that you answer these questions. You don't know if that means the person's guilty or not guilty. You answer these questions. You don't know if that means the person wins or doesn't win in a civil case. That's how absurd it all is. The jury's not sitting there judging the facts and the law. It's been reduced down to this preposterous thing so that the government can control it all. And the purpose of this essay is to show you why fundamentally that is so screwed up and why if the jury's trials were actually back in place, we could easily defend ourselves against this absurd government. And then during that time, while we fight a holding action with the jury nullification, we could educate enough people so we get out from under this insane thing, but that we could fight while we are there. So you guys, of right now, until we have jury nullification and understanding of it, we have really no tools which to fight the government. And that's why I'm doing this series. All right. Let's start the essay. Section 1. For more than 600 years, that is, since Magna Carta in 1215, there has been no clearer principle in English or American constitutional law than that in criminal cases, it is not only the right and duty of juries to judge what are the facts, what is the law, and what was the moral intent of the accused, but that it is also their right and their primary and paramount duty to judge of the justice of the law and to hold all laws invalid that are, in their opinion, unjust or oppressive, and all persons guiltless in violating or resisting the execution of such laws. That is unbelievably important and fundamental and totally and completely missing from anything that has to do with our so-called justice system. This is very important to understand that this idea that the government can strike jurors who don't believe in the law and won't follow the law as given and all these other things that they do every day prevents the juries from doing what they're supposed to do, which is keep the government in check. See, if the jury can sit there and say not guilty or in some civil bogus civil case brought by the Justice Department, just find against uh, the Justice Department and find in favor of the defendant, poor citizen, or vice versa in favor of the citizen against the horrendous Justice Department, if they can't do that by their own decisions about what makes sense and what's fair, then the people aren't in charge. See, the government's in charge. And that's the situation we have now, and it has been that situation. He was writing 150 years ago and lamenting the fact that it was gone. He's writing this 150 years ago. That's how long it's been. So all these people who think it's Obama or Hillary or some crap like that, the problems go back so much further. All right, let's continue. Unless such be the right and duty of jurors, it is plain that instead of jurors being a palladium of liberty, a barrier against the tyranny and oppression of the government, they are really mere tools in its hands for carrying into execution any injustice and oppression it may desire to have executed. 
Right. See, the way they're used now is a rubber stamp for government. That's why prosecutors have a 98% success rate at trial. Is it because they're such fantastic lawyers? <laughs> Hardly. <laughs> Most of them suck. Go down and watch some. They're a notch maybe above sort of my cousin Venny, public defender dude. He's a tough one. It's horrible. Most trials are a joke. People will be shocked how bad they are. And this is... This is if you see the whole trial. Jurors, they get sent out during lots of stuff. So if you've just been in a jury, it's not even the same thing as watching a whole trial because you miss large parts of it that aren't actually in front of the jury. But if the judge can tell you the evidence and how much weight and what it comes in and what the law says and how it has to be interpreted and how much you're supposed to give uh, credibility to this and that, well, then what the hell? <laughs> what are you getting the judge? Silly. Okay, let's go on. But for their right to judge of the law and the justice of the law, juries would be no protection to an accused person, even as to matters of fact. For if the government can dictate to a jury any law whatsoever in a criminal case, it can certainly dictate to them the laws of evidence. That is, it can dictate what evidence is admissible and what is inadmissible, and also what force or weight is to be given to the evidence admitted. And if the government can thus dictate to a jury the laws of evidence, it can not only make it necessary for them to convict on a partial exhibition of the evidence rightfully pertaining to the case, but it can even require them to convict on any evidence whatsoever that it pleases to offer them. Yes, I've told people over and over and over again, the law screws people vast majority of the time with procedure, horseshit, presumptions, rebuttable, irrebuttable, shifting, <laughs> I've done shows where I show people these made-up things about these so-called review standards they use the appellate court. Oh, it has to be clear and convincing about that. Oh, a strong presumption in favor. Oh, it's a, a de novo. We're just going to look at it all again. These are all just made-up things. See, these are all made-up things, and this is where the rubber meets the road in trials. What evidence can you get in? What evidence are you not allowed to get in? Who has the evidentiary burdens? Where are the presumptions? How many witnesses you're allowed to call? What were the documents? What was excluded? It's all and totally and completely controlled by the courts. And so they just manipulate all this crap around. And this is on top of the fact that the jury is not instructed that they need to decide whether this is the kind of law they want to enforce at all. <laughs> They're told the opposite. And anyone who disagrees is struck. It's insane, people. It's insane. They don't understand what a jury trial value is. They did when the Constitution, so-called, was written. People knew. They knew. The people were the last stand. That's what they had to do. You, had to, you could pass whatever law you want up there. It doesn't matter if you can't get convictions. It doesn't matter what's on the books. <laughs> uh, that's funny. All right, let's continue. That the rights and duties of jurors must necessarily be such as are here claimed for them will be evident when it is considered what the trial by jury is and what is its object. The trial by jury, then, is a trial by the country, that is, by the people, as distinguished from a trial by the government. It was anciently called trial per pais, that is, trial by the country. And now, in every criminal trial, the jury are told that the accused has for trial put himself upon the country which you, the jury, are. 
And this is generally the case. I don't know if they still say that. I don't recall any judge saying that, but he puts it to the people, puts it to the country, whatever, same kind of thing. He, he later explains what that means, but the, the purpose of it is very clear, and then he now explains it. Let's continue. The object of this trial by the country or by the people in preference to a trial by the government is to guard against every species of oppression by the government. In order to effect this end, it is indispensable that the people or the country judge of and determine their own liberties against the government instead of the government's judging of and determining its own powers over the people. How is it possible that juries can do anything to protect the liberties of the people against the government if they are not allowed to determine what those liberties are? Oh, man, it's just so solid. See, it's so good. This is the reason you have to be able to, in a trial, civil or criminal, the jury, the people, have to be able to decide whether this kind of law is the kind of law that they want to have on the books and enforce against their fellow citizens. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to say, well, they just made the law. Well, it's the law. You've got to follow the law, law and order. This is the nonsense of the constitutional conservatives with the voting and all this other stupid horse shit. And it doesn't matter how many times I've gone through all that. It doesn't matter if a law so-called slips through. They have to be able to get convictions in front of juries. That's the reason for the jury trial. If the jurors were all told, you have every right, and it's your obligation to decide whether or not this kind of case, with these kind of facts, with this kind of so-called made-up law, is something that's a crime that needs to be punished. <laughs> they have these mandatory sentences federal court, the judges pretty much control everything. They can ask questions of your witness. They can comment on the evidence. That's so intimidating. They can strike any and everybody they want from juries. It's so absurd. They basically just create a completely packed jury that will only rule for the state. And the state controls everything until people wake up to what jury trials are about and what a powerful thing it is. We're screwed, man. And at the rate it's going, we're screwed. But if we could get people to understand this principle, we could stop it in its tracks because you wouldn't have to worry that the, some government goon is going to pick you up, put you into a kangaroo court, and then run you through a mill, put you into a prison, in a cage, because they don't like what you do, call you a terrorist, make some shit up. You'd know. All you have to do is be able to convince one of those people on there, and they can't convict you. Yeah, it's true you're not free, but, but they're not going to keep trying you if they can't, if they can't convict you. <laughs> so you get a hung jury, that's already, that's a big win. You got to go back through, they got to try you again. That's They just keep getting hung juries. They're not going to keep trying. They're getting Everybody's getting hung juries all over. They're not going to keep trying people. They can't. The system will come to a halt. The system requires, it must have, the vast majority of the people pleading out because it's basically just a, an extortion racket down there. The government risks nothing, as I've told people over and over. Prosecutor risks nothing. Judge risks nothing. Government witnesses risk nothing. Nobody risks anything except for the defendant in a criminal trial. How absurd is that? How utterly ridiculous is that? Trials are not about being fair to the government. They're about being fair to the citizen. And I thought we were supposed to be happy with letting 100 guilty people go free before we convict one innocent person. That is all turned on its head now. They convict and threaten and push around people to plea out to all sorts of shit that they didn't do anything wrong because they've given them 50 different counts and they're going to get them tagged with something with the jigged up, rigged up system they've got. 
So the people plea out. They plea out to all sorts of stuff. They give up rights. They lose stuff. They go into probation. They pay endless amounts of fees. Now they're so-called criminal. Now they've been ruined and discredited. This is the system people operate under and tell me is the most brilliant freedom machine ever created. <laughs> uh, it's pretty funny to me. All right, let's continue. Any government that is its own judge and determines authoritatively for the people what are its own powers over the people is an absolute government. It has all the powers that it chooses to exercise. There is no other or at least no more accurate definition of despotism than this. And that's just reality. That's just reality when the government stands in judgment of its own power, which is the construct these constitutional conservatives claim exists with the Supreme Court and the law and order and all this other stupid shit, and the only way to get out of it is voting. Um, well, then what happens is exactly what you see. Government's free to lock you down for two years, destroy your business, make you wear a mask, make you get a shot. <laughs> To do anything it wants, take any amount of money from you. You don't like it? They come at you with endless amounts of people, resources, try you, risking nothing. You got to put your entire life on the line. <laughs> if you win, what happens? Do you get all your attorney's fees back for winning? No, nothing happens. Does a prosecutor have to pay for your attorney's fees if you, if you win the case? No, nothing happens. They move on to politics and other stuff and other cases. See, it's impossible for the system to ever work like you're told. It's totally and completely impossible. It has nothing to do with getting the right people in. That's a fantasy that you're being sold by the, the paid-for, controlled opposition called constitutional conservatives and media who are there to make sure that the people who are on our side never figure out what's going on, run the clock out, and create an electronic prison where you're totally and completely screwed. Let's continue. On the other hand, any people that judge of and determine authoritatively for the government what are their own liberties against the government, of course, retain all the liberties they wish to enjoy. And this is freedom. At least it is freedom to them, because although it may be theoretically imperfect, it nevertheless corresponds to their highest notions of freedom. Exactly. The only way this can ever work to have this absurd, gigantic thing called government running around out there passing laws and jokers like Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell pretending to be able to have the authority to just write something down and make everybody in the country fucking do it, have endless armed thugs running around enforcing it, is because people don't understand their real rights. And they're not told their real rights by the people in media who are constitutional conservatives because those people are paid propagandists for the state. That's it. I was a believer. I was, I was fooled for decades, but I figured it out a long time ago. They are the worst. They are screwing us. Ten times worse than liberals. Liberals, you can see. Constitutional conservatives are spies within our ranks. Let's continue. To secure this right of the people to judge of their own liberties against the government, the jurors are taken, or must be, to make them lawful jurors, from the body of the people by lot or by some process that precludes any previous knowledge, choice, or selection of them on the part of the government. This is done to prevent the government's constituting a jury of its own partisans or friends. In other words, to prevent the government's packing a jury with a view to maintain its own laws and accomplish its own purposes. Right. This is... 
they draw them randomly from like your driver's license pool or some other shit. Tons and tons of people don't ever get pulled down to juries, and it doesn't matter anyway because they've so distorted the so-called jury selection process, which is not a selection process. It's a deselection process. You come up in a veneer panel, and it's the very first 12 people go unless they're being struck for either cause or no cause. And the state actually gets strikes for out cause. The state can strike people without any cause at all from a jury. (laughs) Think how insane this is. This turns the entire idea of a jury trial on its head. And then, of course, the state can strike as many as it wants. And then it can convince the so-called judge, who's also just getting paid by the same people, the state, the government, of any number of people who should go for cause. Well, what's cause? Oh, it can't be fair. Uh, The entire idea that the government's entitled to a fair trial, where's that? Why does the government need protection? The people don't need protection to make sure the government gets a fair trial. What the people need is protection that people get fair trial. Not that the government gets a fair trial. That makes no sense. But that's the system. See, that's what it's become. That's how it's been distorted and, and just completely and totally turned on its head at this point. If the government is so distrustworthy and the people are so suspicious of it and they have so many bad experiences with it, they don't believe the government, they don't trust the laws, they don't trust the prosecutor, they don't trust the process, they don't trust any of the cops. Well, guess what? Not guilty, baby. Government needs to clean its act up. <laughs> the answer is not to strike the, the members of the citizenry who've had bad experiences and don't trust government. That's the ultimate court-packing nonsense. That's the ultimate distortion of any kind of fair trial. Why don't you let the citizens only put people on there who like the citizens, and let's see what the juries look like. <laughs> it's just so crazy. A fair trial is not about giving the government a fair trial. It's about giving the defendant to the government a fair trial. It's about the citizens having the right to a fair trial against the government overreach, not the government making sure the government gets a fair trial. That makes no sense. Incredible what people believe. All right, let's listen to this explanation because I'm not going to read a lot more. I knew I wasn't going to read a huge amount to start, but I wanted to show people what this, what's coming in this essay because it's so damn good. Let's continue. It is supposed that if 12 men be taken by lot from the mass of the people without the possibility of any previous knowledge, choice, or selection of them on the part of the government, the jury will be a fair epitome of the country at large and not merely of the party or faction that sustain the measures of the government. That substantially all classes of opinions prevailing among the people will be represented in the jury, and especially that the opponents of the government, if the government have any opponents, will be represented there as well as his friends, that the classes who are oppressed by the laws of the government, if any are thus oppressed, will have their representatives in the jury, as well as those classes who take sides with the oppressor, that is, with the government. Yes, he's supposed to have a group of people, but they've created this insanity of these strikes for cause and all this other crap that the government gets to exercise. Sure, the defendant gets to, but so what? I don't have any problem with that, but it wouldn't matter because If the defendant can't strike him, you're still not going to get a uh, conviction on him because you got 12 people. If they're not all struck by the government, you're going to have all sorts of people on there. You're going to get a hung jury over and over. That's why they have to be unanimous. Let's continue. It is fairly presumable that such a tribunal will agree to no conviction except such as substantially the whole country would agree to if they were present, taking part in the trial. A trial by such a tribunal is, therefore, in effect 
a trial by the country. And its results, it probably comes as near to a trial by the whole country as any trial that is practicable to have without too great inconvenience and expense. And as unanimity is required for a conviction, it follows that no one can be convicted except for the violation of such laws as substantially the whole country wish to have maintained. The government can enforce none of its laws by punishing offenders through the verdicts of juries, except such as substantially the whole people wish to have enforced. That's why if you're screwing over the the poor people, if you're screwing over a whole group of people with these fake drug laws, well, guess what? Their relatives and friends and everything else, they're going to get on juries. And guess what? Those laws were going to be immediately fucking not guilty. But see, the government strikes them all off, just like they do with tax protesters and everything else. The government shapes the jury. It's completely and totally manipulating the system. If you had to actually just have 12 people that come in, there's a ton of them aren't going to like it. And I don't even agree with his driver's license shit because tons and tons of people don't have driver's license and not being accurately uh, reflected in the pool. Tons of people don't show up. Go down the list. All sorts of reasons why the jury system's got all sorts of other problems. But you can see the fundamental concept is simple. And that is that you have to get a cross-section of people to agree that, one, the person's guilty, two, that the law is something that makes any sense, And three, that it's in any way just. And if they do convict him, it's up to the jury what kind of sentence he gets. None of this sentencing guideline shit within a certain range. No. Maybe the people say, ah, yeah, he technically did it. Yeah, maybe it's not the kind of thing we do. Eh, we don't think he deserves much punishment. (laughs) That's fine. See all these minimum standards, all this shit, can't get probation, can, only under this, and all this made-up crap. None of that stuff should be in the hands of the courts. It's all in the hands of the people. Otherwise, you're not free. So you're not really free, and that goes back to that thing I said in the beginning, which is the framework of which people are given to think about freedom is so distorted and wrong. All right, let's, let's read this a little bit more. The government, therefore, consistently with the, jury, with the trial by jury, can exercise no powers over the people, or what is the same thing, over the accused person who represents the rights of the people, except such as substantially the whole people of the country consent that it may exercise. In such a trial, therefore, the country or the people judge of and determine their own liberties against the government instead of the government's judging of and determining its own powers over the people. (sighs) Wow. I don't know what to tell you outside of, think how simple that is. Think how upside down it is now. And think how different this world would be and how few of the phony baloney so-called laws and regulations could ever, ever get past a so-called trial by jury in the real sense. It never happened. See, and that's why this is such a fundamental distortion in the minds of the people. And it's why all these fake constitutional conservatives write all these books about the law and all this other crap. All they talk about is trying to win elections to try to get the right people in the courts and all this other shit. They don't tell you any of the truth I've told you in my podcast. And they sure the hell don't tell you this one. God, those people are detestable to me. Just detestable. You know, you want to keep your mouth shut, that's fine. But don't get on there and tell lies and be a propagandist for money. That's just disgusting to me continue. But all this trial by the country would be no trial at all by the country, but only a trial by the government. If the government could either declare who may, who may not be jurors, or could dictate to the jury anything whatsoever, either law or evidence, 
that is the essence of the trial. Yes. See, once you allow the government to start striking jurors and have all this made-up crap, well, then they just pack the jury. And now, literally, the only people who are even qualified, supposedly, to sit in a jury has to be someone who will follow whatever law they're given by the judge, (laughs) period. They have to follow that law. That is the opposite of what it is. So they are immediately saying that the jury does not get any right to judge the law, even though the Supreme Court back in the 19th century said, of course, jury nullification is the law of the land, but the jury is not allowed to be told about it. This is typical of the, of the sleight of hand lie that this country is built on. And people who think the justice system is something real and is about justice is laughable. When I see those sayings over courts and stuff like that, it just it's an insult to my intelligence. Laughable. Fucking blind balancing test and all that shit. What a joke. Let's continue. If the government may decide who may and who may not be jurors, it will, of course, select only as partisans and those friendly to its measures. It may not only prescribe who may and who may not be eligible to be drawn as jurors, but it may also question each person drawn as a juror as to his sentiments in regard to the particular law involved in each trial before suffering him to be sworn to the panel and exclude him if he found unfavorable to the maintenance of such law. And that's, of course, what we have now. And that's what, of course, constitutional courage conservatives never discuss. And the judges don't, the DAs don't. They're sworn to do justice, but then they, they run off and do this shit. I mean, this is despicable characters to me. Despicable. So also, if the government may dictate to the jury what laws they are to enforce, it is no longer a trial by the country, but a trial by the government. Because the jury then try the accused, not by any standard of their own, not by their own judgments of their own rightful liberties, but by a standard dictated to them by the government. And the standard thus dictated by the government becomes the measure of the people's liberties. God, so good. If the government dictate the standard of the trial, it, of course, dictates the results of the trial. And such a trial is no trial by the country, but only a trial by the government. And in it, the government determines what are its own powers over the people, instead of the people's determining what are their own liberties against the government. In short, if the jury have no right to judge of the justice of the law of the government, they plainly can do nothing to protect the people against the oppressions of the government, for there are no oppressions which the government may not authorize by law. <laughs> uh, if the last two years have not taught people this lesson, nothing can. I just, oh my God, how obvious is that? See, the, the construct is so simple. And once you hear it, once you're told, and that's the purpose of this entire series, is that it clicks. And you'll never be fooled again by government. So you'll never be fooled again by those shysters, those those tricksters pretending to be on your side called constitutional conservatives. You'll see them for what they are. Total frauds, propagandists for the states, the worst kind of actors because they've never told you these truths. See, they've never told you these truths. And these are the only truths that really matter. The truths I tell you in the show are what matter. What they do is they tell you half-truths to keep you in a box to keep wasting your time so they can run out the clock, collect their millions, and lock you down, laugh their asses off at you. That's what they do. It's just detestable to me. But you can see where this essay is going to go. I'm going to stop there for now and pick it up next time. But you can see where the essay is going, that he's going to discuss all sorts of other things in there and, and talk about the different ways this thing 
operates and affects the control of the government as opposed to this, oh, my vote, oh, 2022, bullshit. Every single day, there are trials going down in all these counties all over the United States. And if the people were being told the truth, this country would look nothing like it does. Nothing like it does. <laughs> and the, the, all these laws that we're supposed to be trying to get the right people in there, they would be unnecessary. We would have to worry about all these elections. As I've said again and again, if the Constitution did anything, we're told, if any of the things existed like the liberties were claimed, then we wouldn't care who got elected. Nobody would pay any attention to who the so-called Supreme Court justices are. No one would care. You'd know. It's the laws of the country are enforced depending on what the people want. And that's so far from where we are. So I hope you're getting a taste now of what's coming in this essay. It's so good. And yeah, it's going to take a lot of episodes to get through it. And I am going to skip through some of it. But but like I said, the principles are so essential to understand. And people need to start talking about it. And I know there's a couple guys in my Patreon who are big on it as well. And there's the Fully Informed Jury Association, the Fijas. They're all over the place. They're very good organizations. People can join them. You know, they don't allow you to hand out pamphlets for the most part on, you know, the sort of court steps. They claim you're tampering with the jurors. Can you imagine anything more upside down than that? I mean, it's fucking Tony Fauci on the science kind of insanity right there. The, the government is engaged in the worst kind of jury tampering and <laughs> and yet they claim it's the other way around. This is always the way it is. It's the 179 Club. Everything is the 179 Club. As I've said again and again, they try to teach people as close to 180 degrees off from truth as they can. And this is an area they've succeeded. And like I said, you can thank the stinking constitutional conservatives and media for that. Incredibly amount of support they get. Just mind-boggling to me. Wow. So... All right, that's it for this episode. Like I said, the essay's long, so I can only make the show so long. I've got to keep people's interest, take it in small bites, and, you know, that's how you eat the elephant. And hopefully every show stands on its own. So, so I'm going to wrap it up there. If you want, you can always follow me on Twitter. I'm Legal Man at U.S. Law Review. I talk about these kinds of things on there. It's quite entertaining. I want to thank the people who are in Patreon. As usual, uh, not because it's a matter of course I do it, it's because I really mean it. Uh, those people, they put their money where their mouth is. I really do appreciate it. And it makes it possible for me to make the show because without that, I would just like, what the hell? I just make the thing in a black box, send it out there. Who cares? People don't really care. I mean, I, I don't get people who love my show and listen all the time but don't want to pay for it. I don't get that, but whatever. That's the nature of the world at this point. So, I mean, I'm not complaining. I'm just, I don't, honestly, I just don't get it. <laughs> I really don't understand it. But thank you to the people who do actually uh, support the show with money. I do appreciate that. And they get a lot of bunch of extra content, of course. And there's no update on the movie, The Jones Plantation, written by Larkin Rose. I starred as Mr. Jones in the movie, and it's in post-production, and I think it's going to be great. I think it's got a real opportunity. It's basically an allegory about the Federal Reserve and how we're all stuck as slaves on a plantation now as debt slaves. So I think it's going to be fun when it comes out. And beyond that, I think uh, probably nothing else to say. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. And you guys have been a great audience as usual. Everybody have a nice night or day wherever you are. Take care. Thank you, everybody. Let's put your hands together one more time. For legal man. Great show.
Squash. Squash.